0: Welcome to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church. I'm Judy Schultz and I'm sitting here at the back of the sanctuary by our prayer table. If you would like prayers before, during, or after our worship service, please come up and speak with one of our prayer team members. If you're new to our church, please pick up a welcome folder at our connection site. For everyone attending our service today, please fill out our little friendship card. Include your name, contact information, especially if you would like one of our church newsletters. On the back, you can ask for prayer requests, share blessings, or leave notes for our staff. Enjoy the service and welcome to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church.
1: Good morning. morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it.
2: This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made.
3: Let us pray. Lord, we come to you this day to glorify your name. We pray that you will come and fill this place with your presence, that we will experience you powerfully and draw closer to you. And may we be a witness to your wonder and your love in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, Standing on the Promises.
2: I will shout. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound Him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God. of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call. In my Savior as, as my all in all, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. On the promises of God.
1: The Lord be with you. Please be seated.
3: No, no. Please stand up, actually, because the boy, it's Boy Scouts Sunday, and the Boy Scouts are going to press us in with the flag. So please continue to stand. Thank you. Sunday today, and I'm going to invite, start off our praise time with Jack Putney coming up for a thankful moment.
4: Good morning. Uh, hi, I'm Jack Putney. Um, I've been a member of Troop 98 for roughly five and a half years now. Uh, this troop in general uh, has helped me learn a lot of important things in life. And, but it has also provided me with some great memories and friends along the way. It's a great way, scouting in general is a great way to earn recognition and potential scholarships if you're applying to college, but it's also a lot more than that. This organization has informed millions of young men who uh, are looking to better themselves in the world above them. This organization also gives you a lot of experiences that you'll never be able to get again in your lifetime. Just this past summer, we attended Seabase, which is a high adventure camp based out of Key West, Florida. Now, normally, that sounds like a good getaway for a week, but uh, it, was a lot, it was a lot more challenging than that, than you would think. Um, we lived for an island on a day with nothing, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we, went deep sea fishing. Hmm? <laughs> we went deep sea fishing, and we snorkeled in some of the clearest water on the planet. I probably wouldn't have been able to do any of these things if it wasn't for scouts, which is the really cool thing about it. And along with that, we, uh, we're partnered hand-in-hand with Pendleton Center. So they help us do everything from our weekly meetings to our Italian night, which is this Saturday, Friday, <laughs> this Saturday February 2nd, if you haven't bought your tickets yet. Um, but yeah, they help us serve the community, and they help us better ourselves and prepare ourselves for the real world. Thank you.
3: We have a great partnership with the Scouts, and um, they, they help us in ministry in many ways as well, and um, they grow not, not only in strength, but also spiritually through the, through the Scouting program. So I'd love to hear from you. Well, first of all, actually, we have a mission moment, and it was the mission moment from last week, and I just want you to draw your attention in your little good news to Journey's End. So we presented it last week, but because there was a snowstorm, we didn't really do it. I mean, we did it, but there was hardly anyone here. Uh, So we're going to say, hey, this is a great mission. So check it out and see if you would like to support Journeys End, which supports refugees in the Buffalo area. And we're working to set everybody up with that. So check that out in, in your little good news. And I am so thankful and grateful to be here and worshiping in the United States back from Cuba, which was a powerful, powerful experience of the Holy Spirit. And I'd love to hear from you. How is God working in your life? What what can you say that is you are thankful to God for, or how have you seen God mood? What's what's great? Yes. Yeah, Wonderful! So they they did a meal on the streets for the homeless people last night, and handed out coats. And they, it, it's it's a wonderful ministry, and that's such a blessing. Absolutely, Melinda, you had your hand up. Uh, daughter ah. Oldest daughter got engaged last night. Very nice, very nice. Praise God! Anyone else want to share? Yeah, Randy. Grant took a job in L.A. Okay, so we add him to the prayer list for not only his knee, but safe travels and L.A. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so they survived, if you didn't hear, they survived five days of babysitting their grandson, and they learned a lot. <laughs> I'm sure it was a joy, yes. Anyone else want to share? As we reflect on our, our blessings, just how good God is, because he's moving powerfully in our lives, open ourselves up to it, say thank you to God as we return our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
2: Heaven's getting ready for an ended all celebration To begin eternity with a righteous congregation This world's coming to an end and it won't be long The party's gonna start and go on and on and on Now we're singing with the saints at the morning light Breaking in the day cause there is no night Say goodbye to the heartache, trouble, and pain. I'll be singing at the throne with an angel band. shouting hallelujah to the great I Am. If you think it's a dream, well, it ain't. I'll be singing with the saints. Tell the singing and David starts to feel the rhythm All shy of the and a tune they wrote in prison Well, Gabriel hears the music and he picks up his song It's just another glory hallelujah, Lord. Now he's singing with the saints at the morning light ringing in the day cause there is no night With an angel band, Shout hallelujah to the great I Am If you think it's a dream of a day I'll be singing with the same at the morning light, bring it in the day, cause there is no night, Say goodbye to the heartache, trouble and pain, I'll be sitting at the throne with an angel band, shout out an hallelujah to the great I Am, if you think it's a dream, well it ain't, I'll be singing with the soul.
3: singing with your saints your glory and thanking you for your incredible blessing in our lives. We pray that you will take these gifts of gratitude and transform them to be a witness in this world that people will draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We've many, many prayer concerns to share. Um, And some I'm going to mention that we've mentioned before, but I just want everyone to keep, keep on praying. You know, we're listing all these names and I, I am hopeful that when you leave here, you are continuing to hold these names in your heart and lifting them up in prayer every day. Please, we're asking for prayer as a church body for everyone. Um, there are some, we're going to continue to pray for Sally Reed. She's home, but she's, she's really struggling health, with a serious health concerns. The cancer has returned, and we need prayer for healing for her. We need prayer for um, Ron Elman for continued healing um, with his health concerns, and um, also for Cindy Smith with health concerns, and Jan Gertz, continuing prayers for her and for Dick Anderson And for Irene Tate, who's struggling with a a lot of health concerns and pain. We have had people had uh, surgery this past week. um, Brett Stern and uh, Luann Bennis and her son Jim. And um, there was one more. Alex. Alex. God bless Alex. I said prayer for him this morning, and Alex. So we want Alex Waseowitz, So we need to um, pray for all of them for swift healing. As you know, recovering from surgery is is painful, and we need um, prayer for them. And also, um, pray for the Masterson family. Brian Masterson passed away suddenly um, a couple days ago while shoveling snow and pray for Waylon Worthington. He's one of our three-year-olds. He's the son of uh, Wayne and Christina, and he's he's three years old. He's in Children's Hospital. He's been diagnosed with leukemia. So please, all these people, just keep on praying. Prayer is powerful, and, and God wants to heal. So um, I, I'm trusting that we're going to pray. So what else would, would we like to pray for tonight? So Bob Dimig is in the hospital. So pre- please pray for Bob. Judy.
0: Iris Rose, the little creamy who came home in October mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago, um, is back in. Her heart is real bad. Um, her systems were closing down. They put her in a, a, a coma. And when they put her in the coma, her heart started to heal. So we're believing that Iris Rose is going to rock
3: for Jesus. So baby Iris Rose... Please pray for healing for her. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we come to you today trusting in you, knowing that you are good and that you have wonderful plans for all of us. Though at the same time, Lord, we have troubles on our hearts, concerns in our lives, and and we're handing them over to you, Lord, in faith. And trust the concerns of people, Lord. We pray for your healing hand to come and touch your people, the people we've named today, and the people on people's hearts that have not been named, Lord. There are people that need healing. We pray for complete physical healing for people who are struggling with diseases, with cancers, with struggles with with breathing. Lord, we pray for breath to continue, for cancer to be stricken down, for any diseases to be cast out, for your healing touch to touch the people and heal them physically completely for your glory. We pray for people, who are recovering from surgery, that they will not have any pain, Lord, and they'll heal swiftly. And we pray for people who are struggling in their souls, people who need you, Lord. We pray that you'll draw them closer and help us to be witnesses to you, to be loving to others and and help people who are struggling in so many ways we pray for people to have your discernment and your wisdom that people will have your peace and your presence Lord we pray for people who are in mourning people who are struggling Lord we pray for your comfort and your touch we pray for relationships that are experiencing brokenness that your love will will manifest within and draw people closer that forgiveness will abound. We pray for this country, Lord. We lift up this country that we will become unified again with you as our leader. And we pray that that this country will exalt your name and give our, all of the leaders in this country, Lord, <sighs> Pray that you'll give them your discernment and your wisdom, help them to trust in you and make decisions in your name, in your way, for your will. Lord, we lift up to you this church, this church, Lord, that seeks to glorify you. We pray that you'll continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit, guide us in our ministries, and Teach us your ways, Lord. Open up opportunities to minister more. Open up our hearts to receive you more. We pray for a powerful movement of the Holy Spirit to come upon us, that we will become transformed and people will know you through us. We thank you for the healing that you're doing in the people. We thank you for the physical healing, emotional healing, and healing in people's souls and minds and and in their relationships, the healing you're doing, Lord, as people receive you. And we pray that you'll continue to draw us closer, draw us closer, draw us deeper, that we may glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord.
5: Today's scripture is Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After lasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and with their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. This is the word of the Lord. Be
1: to God. Thank you, Dominic. So, you know, I've been trying to stay away from uh, sweets. Just after Christmas, my blood sugar levels hit over 400, and the doctor called me on his personal cell phone to say, dude, you're going to die, right? So I've cut my my sugar levels down to about 130 or 40, which is like 270 some points. So I'm feeling pretty good. And I walked in for worship last night, and the entire building was permeated with the smell of brownies cooking. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. I knew they were cooking them for the hopeless, but I'm like, oh, no. Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and had been fasting, not eating for 40 days. And he was hungry. I would be. I just haven't eaten sweets for 30 days. And I was tempted. Temptation. And here we have three of them. A temptation about the, the things we want and desire for our bodies. Temptation for power and wealth and, and, and fame and probably the greatest temptation that we fall into, does God really care about us? Temptations happen. They happen to each and every one of us, and they even happen to Jesus. We're studying about Jesus and his life, and what do we learn about it? We learn Jesus himself was tempted. Tempted the way we're tempted. Tempted. It started long ago in the Garden of Eden when Adam said to Eve, baby, you will for me. That snake. You may or may not be able to see it because it's kind of small and slithery, but there's a snake up there. That ancient serpent, Satan, comes to Jesus out in the desert. He says what he said to Eve. Looks good. Why don't you try it? God really doesn't care about you. And really, you should be like God. You should have the knowledge. You should have the ability. You should be God. And the same temptation came to Jesus out here in the desert. Temptation is not wrong. For you to feel temptation is just natural. Temptation is a test that God puts us through. To determine the strength of our faith. In fact, it says Jesus was led by the spirit in the desert to be tempted. So God not only allowed it, but encouraged the temptation to test the faith. Which is what he does. Which is why we pray the prayer, right? Lead us not into temptation, but more than anything, deliver us from the evil one who wants to do us harm, who wants to do us wrong, who wants to cause us to sin and break our covenant with God. When Jesus came into the wilderness, he was actually coming off of of one of the most spiritually high moments of his life. He had just been baptized, as you heard about last week, and the Spirit descended from heaven, and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is like a high point jesus and it's often at our highest point in life that we're tempted the most we think it's when we're struggling and have difficulties and that's when temptation can come but oftentimes what really is the struggle is when everything's going well in fact the greatest the greatest destructive force to christianity believe it or not is success and prosperity because we start to believe we don't need god anymore and temptation comes to everyone if temptation comes to jesus we must believe it comes to us right each and every one of us feels that temptation it's not just for people who don't believe in god after all this is jesus himself that satan is whispering in his ear and we have that happening to us as well you know what jesus or rather satan's given name was lucifer which means the angel of light. We wouldn't expect that, would we? But, but Lucifer was created with the purpose of testing to point out and to show whether or not our faith really was strong to cast light on the strength of our faith. He's still doing it. He's just doing it in rebellion now. And he works to destroy us. And the reason is very simple. If you read in the book of Revelation, you'll find that Satan and the demons, the other fallen angels, will be cast into a lake of fire. They know their destruction is coming, and they want to take as many of us with them as they can. Now, when I was growing up, people would say there are no such things as demons. And that's the greatest delusion there is. If we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, we also have to acknowledge that there's evil spirits as well. All you have to do is look at this this destructive spirit that's working within our culture and our nation to cause even people who call themselves after Christ to cause them to fight and be bitter and angry over things that really don't matter that much. Because the demons are whispering in our ears every day. And not just... When we struggle, but even when things are going well, maybe especially then. So Jesus is in the desert, and and the first temptation that Satan comes with is is he said, Hey dude, why don't you just make the stones into bread? Aren't you hungry? The temptation to to choose what's pleasing to the eye, as he said to Eve. Forty days without food, I'd be hungry too. I have to tell you, it wasn't just the brownies last night. I came back to church from Florida, and and I walked into the office, and I went in the break room to get a glass of water, and there on the counter was a box of donuts. I'm telling you, seriously. Brownies, I can actually pass by. Donuts? And it wasn't just one or two. It was like a variety pack. And I'm like, are you serious? You put poison on the counter for me. I felt like a little rat with that rat poison, you know. I I did not eat the donut. But the temptation was there. And it's not just a temptation that that we want things that aren't good for our, our, our body to eat. But there's all kinds of temptations that we have in life to do things that will make us feel good. You know, live for today. You only go around once, so grab for all the gusto you can get. After all, everybody's doing it. And Jesus said, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Or in other words, dude, have you read the Bible? Grow up. We expect little children to want to just please whatever whatever part of their life that they can, to, to seek things for those little sensual pleasure, pleasures that give you a momentary high and, and, and make you feel good for a little while. But as we get older, we're supposed to start seeking for things that will last longer, for relationships that are for a lifetime, to, to look after things that will even go beyond this lifetime, which the Word of God gives to us, not live for these temporary pleasures that please our bodies, which are temporary too, but actually to live for something that lasts longer, lasts forever. Jesus says, "I'm not going to make those rocks red." Satan had a different, a different uh, temptation. He says he took him to a high place, where he put all the things in life. Power and wealth and and fame and all the things that we've been taught continuously are the purpose of life. Get a big bank account. Figure out a way to win America's Got Talent. Discover a way to be popular with everybody. Figure out a way that you can control other people. That power and influence. That's very seductive very seductive. Satan offers these artificial rewards because he's trying to replace the power of God. And, 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 and we give into this temptation more than we even realize. Pastor Sherry was talking about miracles that occur in Cuba in the churches. Well, people will ask me, why are there more miracles occurring in Cuba or Africa or other places where people are poor and struggling? Because we've given up trusting in God. We put our trust in everything else. And we become convinced that the purpose of life are the things they tell us about on television. To the point to which I would ask you, I don't want you to answer. I don't want you to answer. You have your own answer with your own heart and your own God. What if somebody offered you $1 billion to never go worship God again? Would you give up your faith in God? For a billion dollars. Can you imagine what a billion dollars could do? Could you imagine what you could do to help other people and to take care of yourselves and to take away all the things you worry about? The devil went down to Georgia looking to make a deal, right? And how many people say, I'll make that deal. I'll make that deal. He took them to a high place. The high places in the Old Testament was where people worshiped false gods. That's what they were in the Old Testament. It was it was where they had they had altars built to gods that weren't God. And he tempted him. I'll give I'll give you all these things if you just worship me. So, who was the richest man in 2013? The richest man in the world. Anybody know? I'll give you a hint. His first name was Carlos. Oh, that helped, didn't it? You don't know who the richest man in the world was five years ago? The richest man in the world was named Carlos. Carlos Sims. He's from Mexico. He's still worth $60 billion. I know that's not very much anymore. And you don't even know who he is. And that's, that's really when you look at the fleeting, striving after the wind that Solomon talks about, who was the richest man ever, we discover that the temptation to make anything our God, whether it's money, whether it's work, whether it's, whether it's fame, whether it's even friendships or any of these kind of things, anything that we put above God just leads to destruction. And so Jesus answered, It is written, you shall worship the Lord and God alone. Worship God. Because when we worship God, we remember whose we are and who we are compared to God. We are not God. But God can give us whatever we need. It's fascinating that Satan offers Jesus what he already has. He has has everything. He's Jesus. Anything he wants, he can have. And that's what Satan tempts him with. Don't you know that God has said to us, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Whatever you ask for in Jesus' name, it says he will give you. But we don't ask in Jesus' name. We ask in our name. God, I want it. Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Right? Lord, I just just want you to give me stuff to make me happy. But if you're doing it for God, if your purpose is for God, if you're living for those eternal things we talked about earlier, then then God will give you everything you ever need. And you might find out it's a lot less than everybody tells you you need. Jesus knew who he was. And it's important for us to learn from that that one of the ways we resist temptation is knowing whose we are. Those are... Two temptations. And they're the temptations we commonly think of when we think of, of, the, uh, of the temptations we face. Those things that, that are those, those actions that will make us feel good that we, we try to try to resist like the brownies or the donuts, right? Or, or, or the, the, the temptation to, to, to get the things that this world tells us are essential for us to be thriving. But the third temptation that Jesus faced It's much harder. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from the top of the temple because it's written in Psalm 91 that he will cause his angels to take care of you. Try God and see if he really loves you as I was working on this sermon, a song that I heard years and years ago came to mind by by Natalie Grant.
6: Two months is too little They let him go They had no sudden healing Take a child from his mother while she prays, is appalling. Who told us we'd be rescued? What has changed and why should we be saved from nightmares? We're asking why this happens to us who have died to live. Unfair, this is what it means to be held. How it feels when the sacred is torn from life and you survive. This is what it is to be loved and to know that the promise was.
1: It seems I talk to people every week that are angry with God. I want to let the hatred numb our sorrows because it feels as if somehow things aren't fair. And sometimes they're just not. The most faithful person I've ever met in my life was my grandmother. No doubt about it. Never met a Christian person more faithful than my grandmother. And when her oldest daughter was about 23 years old, she went out dancing. And the next morning she woke up and she couldn't move, laying paralyzed in a hospital bed for over a year. She had two little babies at home my older brother and my older sister. Can you imagine that you're a mother and you've raised your child and just when their life seems to be coming together they're paralyzed by something we call polio. You don't know what that is anymore. My grandmother had to recognize that in the midst of that sorrow and that pain that God was still holding her and walking through that dark shadowy valley with her. Flash forward many years. Doesn't seem like long to me, like yesterday, because that's how we remember these things. My sister-in-law was 36 years old. And she died. Now, for some of you, 36 seems like it's fairly old, but I've got to tell you, for people like me, it seems like, a, like, like someone who's barely started life. And I saw my father-in-law Collapse just collapse. Everything he was, all he felt strong about, everything that defined who he felt he were, was to be, the successful man became a shell until he died a few years later. The greatest temptation that Jesus faced and that we face is this word if in verse 3. If God really loves you, he wouldn't let these things happen to you. This is what it means to be held. How it feels when the sacred is torn from your life and you survive. This is what it means to be loved and to know that the promise was that when everything fell, God would still hold us. Tragedy happens. You'll face it in your life. I know you believe that there's folks out there living the Facebook life, you know. They go from a cruise to a birthday party to a celebration and never have a problem and all you see is smiles of happiness, right? They don't exist. That's only a fantasy on Facebook. I know that because I talk to the people every week Every week I have to speak to three or four or five people that feel like their life has collapsed around them. And, and how are they going to get by through this? How do, they, how do they survive this? What do they do? Pastor, where is God in all of this? And that was a temptation Satan brought to Jesus. He said, you know, if God is real, you should be able to toss yourself from the top of the temple and he'll send his angels as it says in Psalm 91. So Satan quotes the scripture. He knows the scripture. And he'll raise you up. And Jesus responded God tests us, we don't test him. Now we just studied Gideon. Gideon's a little different. Gideon wanted to know what was he supposed to do with his life? He wasn't questioning God. Just as we're to never question God. Because God is always faithful to us. It's just we don't always understand what's going on or what's happening or how it works. And in this broken world, bad stuff happens. And it doesn't just happen to the bad people. It happens to the good people. It doesn't just happen to the people who are unbelievers. The demons don't just attack them. They attack and they assault us too. But Jesus knew that even in the midst of this, God is there. Psalm 91 is an interesting psalm that Satan quoted to Jesus because we sing it in a song. And we usually only sing the chorus. We don't sing the verses. The song is something like this. You need not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day though thousands fall around you Near you it shall not harm. And God will raise you up on eagle's wings. Bear you on the breath of dawn. Make you to shine like the sun. And hold you in the palm of God's hand. Three temptations that represent what we face so often. Lord, I want to eat a brownie, and especially a donut, right? And you can put it in your own context, because I'm sure you've got some that are a lot worse than that, but I don't want to talk about that stuff. I'll just talk about donuts, okay? Lord, I just want a million dollars. Not asking for a lot. I don't need a billionaire. Just give me a million dollars so I can feel okay about life, you know, like everybody on Facebook. And Lord, don't let these things happen to me. Prove that you love me by exempting me from all the troubles of life. And if one comes, I expect a miracle. Now, by the way, I do expect miracles. I have seen miracles, and miracles are not just for the poor, miracles have occurred in our church. I've had many people come to this rail and I prayed with them and they were miraculously healed from 20 year diseases from difficulties in seeing from broken hands from 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 brain damage from assaults by demons which I've seen and talked to and cast out from relationships that are falling apart God is still doing miracles we just have to be ready for him. But the temptation is when God doesn't do the miracle, which miracles are, are God breaking into the world in a way he doesn't normally plan. Do you follow? And if he does it all the time, then it becomes not a miracle. It becomes normal. Like taking a breath every day, which could be a miracle. But we do it every day. I believe in these. But the temptation is that when everything doesn't go the Facebook way, do we turn away from God. So what do we do about temptation? Let's, let's get to the, to the point of this. How do we have the power to resist temptation? First of all, understand you have that power. In, in, in Corinthians it says to us, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to everyone. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. No matter what the temptation, he will show you how to get through it. That doesn't mean you won't have struggles. It won't be so huge that they might even feel crushing in your life. But that's not God testing you. The tests you will always be able to pass. It's an open book exam. That's the first thing we learned, right? Jesus gave us the book. The answers are in his word. But we need to take the time to prepare for it. Let me ask you, do you have a snow brush in your car? How many of you have a snow brush in your car? Okay, now here's how it works. Hopefully you didn't put it in yesterday, right? Those of us who live in western New York, we put our snow brush in when the kids go back to school. Because we remember the October surprise, right? This can happen any minute, any time. I wouldn't be surprised if some of you keep it in there year-round. You know, people come and visit you and they're like, what? Because we want to be prepared. We don't want to be that person who's out there going, ah, got to scrape it with my fingernails. Drive me crazy here. Right? Or ruin our windshield, but never mind. And just in the same way, we need to be prepared in advance because that's what makes the whole difference. He went into the desert so that he could have a time of renewal, he spent 40 days with God. What would happen if you spent 40 days? Lent is coming up. If you spent 40 days focusing your heart and your life on God, he fasted. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that shows us that God is more important to our lives than anything. That's not me giving up uh, sweets so that I can have a better report from the doctor. That's, That's giving up something that I can have, but I intentionally choose not to have just to demonstrate to myself I have the discipline. That's what Jesus did. He also knew the Scripture. Because Satan knows the Scripture. If you don't know the Word of God, Satan will use it against you. In fact, some of, the, some of the worst demons are the ones that sneak into the church and use the Word of God and the things of God to tempt people who are trying to do what they should do. So You need to be prepared for that. So learn the Scripture. Open book exam. Worship God. He said, you should worship the Lord and Him alone because when we worship God, we remember whose we are. And that reminds us of what matters the most. And then we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will be in us. It says, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Is your life led by the Holy Spirit? Do you follow where God wants you to go? Do you even ask God where you should go. Do you listen to God? Do you hear God? God is speaking. People say to me, I don't think God taught. God is speaking. We're not listening. We are so busy with all the distractions of the world, we're not listening. That's why Jesus went out in the desert to listen to God. Because God will not lead you astray. And if we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll be like the people that that are talked about in 1 John when the apostle said to us, Dear children, you are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one in the world. There are no demons that you cannot overcome or defeat with the Holy Spirit of God. But not if you don't have it, not if you won't allow it to work. My father in law believed in Jesus, but he didn't practice that much. He had this book sat on his coffee table. We used it for a coaster mostly. He went to church a couple of times a year. I don't know how much he prayed, probably more than I knew. So when the testing came, he wasn't prepared to stand. So his daughter and I tried to be there to hold him up and stand with him. But my grandmother, on the other hand, who faced far more tragedies than just her daughter getting polio. can't tell you how tragic my grandmother's life was. She was fed on the scripture and knew it. She had the Holy Spirit. She worshipped God every, every week. She prayed all the time. She was led by what God said. And when the darkness and brokenness came and the shadowy valleys appeared, she knew how to walk through them. Hold on to God no matter what. When it's the darkest, God is there. It's easy to resist the temptation of brownies. It really is. It's even, it's even okay and not so hard to, to not get worried about, about fame and money and things like that. But what about the temptation to believe we're not loved? In Luke, this passage ends differently. It says Satan left Jesus for more opportune time. For a time when Jesus was a little weaker. For another garden. The garden of Gethsemane. And that old snake came back to Jesus and said, You don't really want to do this cross thing. Really. You don't want to do this. Not only was Jesus tempted. Remember who he is. God himself was tempted to just... Let us all drown in our sin and our destruction. Because it was going to hurt. He was going to have to give up the very thing he believed in the most. And he held on to the most. His purity. His He was going to be hurt. That's hard. Caring and loving means you're going to just the way it is. But somehow, when we turn to God, he helps us to know that even in that hurt, he's there. This is what it means to be held. How it feels when the sacred is torn from you and you survive. This is what it means to be loved and to know that the promise was when everything fell, we be held. So Jesus went to the cross, hung there in pain. Was willing to forgive our sins from the cross itself. And through that cross came the resurrection. And when we learn to walk through the shadowy valleys of life, we get to eternal glory. And when we hold on to Jesus, even in the midst of pain, we see the miracles. And when we listen to the voice of God, we hear the voice of God. And we have the strength to overcome all temptations through the one who gives us that strength, that power, that life.
3: laden and weary, come to me. And so we come to be in right relationship with God, to rebuild that and have a firm foundation and be filled with God's love that carries us through. And so as we prepare for the table of grace, the table of grace that's set that says, I love you no matter what, We want to also please God, and we want to be with him. So I'm going to invite you to a prayer of confession along with me. Lord, I am a sinner. I need your grace. I need your guidance. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need your strength. I need your power. I can't make it on my own. own. Be with me, Lord. Lord. Forgive my sins. sins. Set me on the right path. path. And continue in that path, path. glorifying you you. in strength. In In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So hear the good news. No matter what is going on in our lives, God loves us. No matter what we've ever done, God loves us. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and this proves God's love for you and for me. So in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven.
2: In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven.
3: Glory to God. Amen. One thing remains. One thing remains.
2: And it is the- Loves us. higher than the mountains that I face stronger in the power of the brain, constant in the trial and the change.
3: Love. Wow. We're getting ready for the table and we're in a community of God's love. Let's share the peace of that Holy Spirit, that peace, that love, that joy of God with one another as we prepare. Are
2: we with this no? or after?
4: bird is is no
7: set free in the presence of the living God by the Spirit. We are filled to overflowing. We are flooded with the presence of God and well able to submit to God, to resist all that comes against us, that the enemy would flee from us and we have no need to walk anywhere but on the path God has called us to walk on. Amen. Amen. Our debt is paid, as we sang in that song before. There is nothing that can separate us from God's great love, and we celebrate that here at the table. We celebrate all that Jesus has done for us so that we don't have to worry. We can walk in his light. We can walk in his love. We can walk by his grace, his mercy, and his goodness. Amen? Amen. Everyone is welcome to come to the table if you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome to come here. You are welcome to experience God, even if it's your first time here, even if you've never said yes to Jesus before in your life, even if you've said yes to Jesus in your head, but it hasn't gotten to your heart, and today is the day that your heart knows the living God and King of Kings. Jesus Christ. So come to the table. Come expecting that God will meet you here. God loves you with an everlasting love and has paid your debt. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you our Alpha and Omega whose strong and loving arms encompass the universe. For with your eternal word and Holy Spirit, you are forever one God. Through your word, you created all things and called them good. And in you, we live and move and have our being. When we fell into sin, you did not desert us. You made covenant with your people Israel and spoke through prophets and teachers. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own and filled them with a longing for a peace that would last and for a justice that would never fail. In Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus, who now reigns with you in glory. And poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. On the night before meeting with death, Jesus took bread and gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant poured out for you, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And on these gifts, that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this wine, we may know the presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood. As the grain and grapes once dispersed in the field are now united on this table in bread and juice, so may we and all your people be gathered from every time and place into the unity of your eternal household, And feast at your table forever. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together with the confidence of children redeemed by God? The prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come,
1: Jesus Christ invites those who seek after him to come to the table. You're welcome to come and meet God, be with God, experience God, to be anointed at the rail for prayers for healing, for miracles. Come and light a candle. Come and meet Lord. Now if you're able you're invited to stand as we're going to sing together, Precious Name. you. He said, when the evil demons and the evil angels attack, don't be afraid because God is sending his angels to wrap their wings around you. So God will raise you up on angels' wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hand. Go in the peace of the Lord.